Welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, just say no to goop-based Daggett brand miracle drugs, because we just witnessed the first appearance of Clayface. It's Season 1, Episode 20, Feet of Clay Part 1. Then, we explore the dumbest, weirdest, and most over-the-top features of the classic Batman calling card, the Batarang. Here, on Batarang. You're going to do a scene with Boris Karloff. Your lines will appear right here. Read them loud and clear. Tommy, you know why I've asked you here. You must convince the villagers that I'm harmless. You're trembling. Are you afraid? Have some nice hot coffee. It's butternut. And we are back. I am your host, Sam. Here with your Batman expert, Brandon. Goopy sounds. Those are some excellent goopy sounds. Yeah. Eh, really, if I'm being honest, like six out of ten. You don't want them to be that good, though. True. <laughs> I think our listeners do not want them to be that yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. We're already. Uh, I'm already, already having enough issues uh, editing the mouth sounds out of our episodes. So, <laughs> pointed look. <laughs> it stays in. <laughs> So we listened, well, listened, we watched Feet of Clay Part 1 as our two-part introduction to Clayface, mm-hmm. who appears by the end, mm. unless you want to say, oh, he was in it the whole time because he was doing Clayface-like things by impersonating people. Really, it's it's you keep shaving away the clay until you get to the face. All right. <laughs> well, the face was front and central, this was all about the man with a thousand faces. You know, yeah. it would have been nice if we saw him before he was disfigured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> little James Dean before and after action. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm thinking more just like to get like a baseline yeah, of like, yeah. to, so we can see that he's the man of a thousand faces. We have two episodes, right? Like, yeah. There's really the time that like this episode dawdled a little bit. Yeah, it would have been nice like structurally if like, Act three of this episode, he starts being, actually being Clayface. Yes. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Mm -hmm. because we have a 22-second summary to deliver. Scrambling, scrambling to get a a phone out with a timer on it. We're prepared. So prepared. Just so you know, I hopefully we'll be getting a call sometime while we are recording when... uh, when the final fridge gets delivered. So for those of you that don't know, listeners, Brandon and their partner have been waiting for months now with a refrigerator problem, and it's been quite the saga. So you have one, you have a refrigerator, but it's in your dining room, is that right? That's, that's the one. <laughs> and you would have thought, that makes the beer closer to the living room, but you know, it just isn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, I would probably walk into it in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. It's on the other side of it, so we use the other. So anyway, three, two, one, go. A crime boss named Daggett invents a face cream that can change your whole face, and he gives it to a disfigured actor in exchange for impersonation-based crimes. He impersonates Bruce Wayne to Shanghai Lucius Fox and Frame Bruce. Batman investigates, but just makes things worse until Bruce gets arrested. The actor, meanwhile, gets overdosed and turns into Clayface. Nice. 20.34. 20.34. Nice. I rushed a little at the end. I had a little bit more, but I think I... I think you got it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get the uh, the color version yep. from, from Brandon. Famously known for being intelligent, Lucius Fox decides to meet his boss at 3 a.m. and get shot at. <laughs> uh, Bruce tries to figure out who had put on his face, clayfully so, um, and you basically get a relationship sort of like uh, Brad Pitt... And Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, and Clayface shows up. (laughs) Does he, though? Does Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As we talked about, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I like how Daggett puts his name on the face cream. (laughs) 
It's such a, it's such a good name. It is a great name. Um, yeah, those of those of you who are old, as we are, might recall Daggett being the name of one of the Angry Beavers of Nickelodeon cartoon fame. I'm too old to okay. remember that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I just can't not think of that. But then he also has, like, that Norman Osborn, like, slicked back, weird color in it hair. You're so, talking about Daggett the, on Batman or Daggett the Angry Beaver? Uh, now that you mention it both. Uh-huh. Because they have the same color palette. Yeah. I wonder if that was on purpose. I'm going to go with, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Definitely. Uh, I learned an interesting fact recently mm. about uh, Italy and therefore Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. So I was watching uh, Stanley Tucci search for Italy last night, Good. and they were in Sicily, and they were talking about the strife with the mob in Sicily. Yeah. And uh, there was a famous judge who persecuted the mob and was assassinated for it, and his last name was Falcone. Huh. How the turntables have turned. Yes. I guess... Turntables always turn. Right round. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, your summary talked about Lucius Fox showing up at 3 a.m. to meet Bruce. Yeah. And that's how the show starts. Yes. Um, the score in this scene is great. Uh, I noticed it. It was really moody. Yeah. Right, which is good because then that carries a lot of the um of i guess the storytelling actually because mm-hmm. like as we've encountered a handful of times in this in this show right like lucius shows up with papers in a briefcase and like at least the like a plot hinges like once again on financial records yeah apparently there's a executive at Wayne uh, who wants to take over the business through insider trading. Yeah, and I don't know about y'all out there, but like, do you remember um, how people were gaming the GameStop stock this past year? I'm sure they do. Yep. Um, so there was like a lot of people shorting GameStop stock, and like listening to podcasts of, like by nerds, right? the way shorts work on top of like the seeing the big short like it it took me at least five times having it explained to me before i really understood how shorting stocks works yes although he's not shorting stocks he's insider trading i guess my my point is like i do not have a brain that can wrap around financial stuff so i feel like asking children to like be on board for an insider trade trading plot is a big ass. Well, I think that that's why they barely talk about it, and that's why it doesn't matter that insider trading has nothing to do with taking over Wayne Tech. But then, like, any time gets spent on it, so I'm like, just just don't do that. Just make it, like, I don't know, just call it a hostile takeover. Yeah, the, the evidence is in this briefcase. Don't worry about it. it yeah, basically, I wish that had been... Anyway, yep. <laughs> so... Bruce is lured Lucius to a... To the, what, warehouse at 3 Yeah, that they have to go through an alley with, like, a loose board to get to. Uh, So this scene, if you, I guess, like, if you're just the viewer coming into it blind, this scene is very uh, confusing and deliberately so, Mm -hmm. right? It's a big misdirection because it's Bruce. It looks just like Bruce. It's Kevin Conroy voicing him. Yep. Like, it is, looks, it's Bruce Wayne, he's meeting Lucius Fox in an alley, he's Batman, maybe he would want to meet Lucius Fox in an alley about some Batman stuff. <laughs> There's always Batmaning to be done. Always. Uh, you know, maybe he's uh, here to ask for one of Lucius Fox's children to become Batman for a while. Uh, but... It's happened more than once. Yeah. Uh, you know, meet in the alley to discuss it. So, but... Uh, Lucius is like, why are you asking me to this alley? And he's like, we can't talk out here. Come on. And uh, then he leads him into this warehouse where armed thugs at gunpoint try to take the briefcase. Lucius Fox heroically wrestles the briefcase out of fake Bruce Wayne's hands uh, and splits. And we know at this point that it's not really Bruce because we have a cutaway to Batman on a rooftop. Right. Um... Or do we? We do. And again, like, in terms of the scene, like, why, like, I understand that scenes have to escalate, right? But, like, is Lucius that much more vulnerable inside the warehouse than he was in the alley outside? It's, it's fine. 
Yeah, well, you don't want any witnesses walking by even at 3 a.m. Sure. Yeah, it is Gotham. It never sleeps. The, like, other, like, the main thug, Daga's henchman, is obsessed with, uh staying safe from the police to the point that he's wearing headphones all the time listening to a police scanner um yeah so uh the thugs attack lucius i think do they actually shoot him no okay because it's a kid's show right they shoot chains that hold up a sign and the sign lands on lucius and knocks him unconscious and like he must be like badly concussed or something because he ends up in the hospital for an extended stay yeah, I mean, Batman does end up saving Lucius's life, uh, but the police show up, and they're like, what happened, Mr. Fox? He's like, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to turn out well. He set me up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, like, I don't know, it's one of those things where it because this happened this early in the series, I'm absolutely willing to believe that Lucius would think that, mm-hmm. but, like, even in the next season, I'd have been like, come on, Lucius. Like, even pre-Clay... Like, even taking Clayface out of the equation, like, so many shenanigans happen in Gotham, and you work for the richest man there. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, but we're at a point in the series where you're just taking things at face value and going with it. Yeah, time travel hasn't been in- been introduced yet. It's fine. <laughs> so, soon thereafter, we're introduced to the man that actually impersonated Bruce Wayne. I didn't write down his name. They don't say it often. Do you remember what it was? Matt something? Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen. Mm-hmm. Matt Hagen. Uh, and he is, uh, helpfully has newspaper clippings all over his dressing room. He's an actor. Right. Uh, and these newspaper clippings spell out the fact that he's the man with a thousand faces. Yep. And that he was disfigured in a car accident. Uh, and uh, I forget what the third one is, but that's all you need to know. That, that, those are... <laughs> I don't know had a had a failed solo career as a recording artist sure. put out a jazz album you know just like bruce he basically has bruce willis's career right he's uh, trying to find himself yeah and well i yeah <laughs> if only we had face cream for bruce willis <laughs> but we don't so he is uh it's like almost time for him to do a scene or something and yep. he's like tearing his dressing room apart looking for a jar of face cream that will fix his really messed up face Yep, yep. Um, Daggett face cream. Daggett brand face cream. It (laughs) says Daggett on it in big, bold letters. Again, like, you have to do that because kids aren't necessarily good at picking up details, right? But but insider training, the average six-year-old is like, no, I play play stocks. I know what's up. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like to imagine that Daggett is uh, really great at super science serums, mm-hmm. but terrible at branding. <laughs> Just awful at graphic design. Yeah. His Microsoft uh, pixel art Daggett brand <laughs> all facial of, cream. All of this was made in Mario Paint. Right. Which he apparently is not selling, right? Right. It's still in the prototype stage. Uh, and as you know, in Gotham, if anything is in the prototype stage, that means it's being used for crimes. Right. Um, and and this is when um, Matt's, like, stunt double, um, what was it, Tommy Lupus? Sure. Yeah. With that. Um, comes in and, and tries to help his his friend, their lovers. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> you do this every episode now. And, not every episode, but, like, hear me out, like... Matt treats him so badly, <laughs> and like only only love could explain why he would stick around. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I mean that's a, that's a reading, I yeah, suppose. It's fine. We don't have to. What? I guess because it's his stunt double. Yeah, that makes more sense. But like, he also like he loses his career if mm-hmm. if Matt loses his career yeah that's true um he i mean he, i got like an agent fire from him but he's not his agent right yeah yeah um he reminded me of two faces like assistant guy in mm-hmm. terms of his relationship with like the main yeah uh, but like he whips out this uh jar of the cream that is almost all gone and uh, matt is like you were holding out on me it's like i had to or you wouldn't have it now and this gives me like so the vibe of this cream is definitely a metaphor for, like, drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, 
He's an actor, of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, he's the addicted actor looking for a bottle of whiskey in his dressing room, and, like, his trusted friend comes in, and he wants him to get off of it, but he ne- he needs him to perform. Yeah. So, like, he gives him, like, a little, the little bit that's left in the bottle. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you can't just go to the, uh, go to, you know, the drugstore to pick up more drugs. You, you know, have to go to, um, go to evil cosmetics manufacturer and do more crimes for him. Right. Uh, maybe that's getting ahead of ourselves, though. Like, um, Lupus gives Hagen the bit of cream, and Hagen is able to blop, blorp, Play-Doh his face up, and looks looks like a real handsome fella. Right. Like, we, we see it actually work. We understand how this stuff works. It turns your face into, basically, modeling clay that yep. you can make into whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is a pretty cool thing. Which is a, as long as you don't think too hard about it, Perfect. Yep. Um, so, where do we go from there? Uh, do we get Batman, or do we get uh, Matt trying to go get more of the stuff? Let's say uh, let's say it's Batman going to check in on Lucius. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can check. Yeah, I mean, the order is not that important in this. Right. So, um, like, Batman as Bruce... Goes in, goes to check in on Luke, uh, Lucius, which I think might actually happen further on. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind jumping ahead a little bit because the scene is just Bruce <laughs> goes into Lucius's um, hospital room through the window uh, like some stalker. Yep. And appears next to Lucius's bed. Lucius is terrified of him because he thinks that Bruce Wayne is here to like finish the job. Um, but, like, Bruce is trying to be nice to him. He's like, you know, I would never hurt you, Lucius. But Lucius is uh, pushing the button, the call button, to bring nurses in. Uh, and uh, then Bruce runs away, because that's what innocent people do when nurses come into the room. I mean, I don't know. My ex-mother-in-law was a nurse, so, yeah. Huh. <laughs> I, I tried to share a room with her as seldom as possible. That's a bad of a different color. Um... <laughs> One of those cute little little white bats with the really pink ears. Ah, but no, th- that happens way later. Because yeah, the reason he's doing that is because his his other investigation turned into a dead end. Yeah. Um, oh, so, I remember what it is. It's <laughs> it's so stupid. So Batman is in the Batcave, playing with the Bat computer, and he's right. like, "I know my fist has landed on that jaw before." Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I blocked that one out of my head uh, as if Batman had punched me in it. The memory had just gone. And then he's like thumbing through a database of memorable jaws or something until the the thug that he punched out appears. I I feel as though like this might be a um a voice direction thing. If like if it had been played like, you know, I'm pretty sure, but the way Conroy delivers the line, it's like no, I I remember. I remember there's like a callus he has right there that my yeah, little yeah. finger landed on. <laughs> like it's like his super sensing fist <laughs> with his detective skills. Or maybe he just beats on some guy so often he's worn a really comfortable groove in there. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if that had been played as a joke, it might have landed and been good. But that was just ridiculous. Yeah. But he finds the guy. He discovers that he he's the guy that wears headphones all the time that constantly listens to police chatter. Mm-hmm. He uses that to his advantage by getting in the Batwing and flying the Batwing behind his car. Yes broadcasting police chatter into his car that he's being pursued by police and they're on the way to make him change direction mm-hmm. to force him to drive out towards Gotham Bay. Yes. And then he just like brutally tortures this guy using the bat plane. Right. He dangles him out with a mechanical arm. Um, the, the sound of the bat, pain, bat plane, by the way, the bat wing is really cool. They um they reuse a lot of Star Wars sound effects in this series. It does sound like an X-wing. Yeah, um, like the I've probably mentioned this before. The helicopters in uh, Mask of the Phantasm just straight up are the Millennium Falcon. Huh. Um, because a lot of a lot of studios share sound libraries, mm-hmm. especially back then when you didn't have like readily um, available digital libraries. Um, yeah. So uh, the guy passes out. The police show up, and they're like. Hey Batman, you're brutalizing that guy. Um, this is very illegal. Uh, so he drops him in a swimming pool. 
which yeah. we should put a pin in for later. Indeed. <laughs> I also want to point out when the the thug loses consciousness mm-hmm. after being flown by like being held by his wrist, flown around Gotham and dipped into Gotham Bay, the guy loses consciousness and Batman like in the most disgusted tone is like he fainted. <laughs> Fainted like what a baby. <laughs> well, really, that's projecting because Batman usually takes a lot more pride in being able to, you know, just find right, find that uh, mm. right at the edge. So really, he was disgusted with himself. Yeah, but of course, Bruce doesn't have like Bruce is not someone who accepts his own failures very well or readily. Yeah. True. Um, uh, so. That's so he can't get the information out of that guy. Mm. Uh, he does get the guy to admit that it wasn't Bruce Wayne in that warehouse, but he doesn't get the who it was, and that's why he later goes to Lucius. Yes. So that's basically the entire Batman plot. Let's talk about the Clayface plot. Yeah. So um, at about this point, like Daggett doing this, like doing this play of having um, Matt. Hagen pretend to be Bruce Wayne like that's a big play um and that's usually when you need to like cut a loose end right so he does send his guys after um after Hagen to kill him and of course because it's Gotham they have to be cute about it uh-huh <laughs> um and as is so often the case this was one of those sequences like this, I mean, this whole two-parter. There's a lot in here that messed me up as a kid, mm. and here's here's ringeting one on. Ooh, this is gonna show up in the dreams later. Uh-huh. Um, go, yeah, go on. I think I, I know exactly what you're gonna say. <clears throat> yeah, I watched it too, but go ahead. Right. Well, like you mentioned before, it's a kids show, so you can't just shoot someone or anything humane like that. <laughs> they they pour the magic Play-Doh concealer. Uh, just a whole bunch of it down his throat. Yeah, like a gallon of it. Yeah, like it is an obscene amount. Um, and then they pretty much just like throw him in his car and leave him for dead. Yes. Um, and yeah. we we don't we don't watch them do that. We see their shadows projected on the wall doing it. it yeah, it's hard. which might make it worse. That and that's the thing is like I think as I've said before, I don't like censorship. But since censorship did force people to tell stories more in, inventively, right? Um, it would just be nice if, again, if more times people were told, directors were told no. But in this case, like, standards and practices being like, no, no, you can't look at it directly. You have to force the children to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the, also, like, the implication that they only show the shadow means that what must be happening must be horrible, right? Right, exactly. So that now, even as an adult, <laughs> and I've seen some shit, like, that scene really lands. It really does. <laughs> like, this poor guy. Like, also, it's brutal. Also, I checked in the um, the the addictive, uh, the addictive chemical is renew you, which Jesus Christ. Well, that's much better branding than Daggett. Then, yeah, but then it's still renew you by Daggett Laboratories, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's spelled renew you like it's a um like it's a Street Fighter character. So I just don't think it's a lot. Wait. How is it spelled like a street fighter? I'm picturing the word renew and then the letter U. How is it spelled? R-E-N-U-Y-U. Oh. <laughs> like an alternate costume for Ryu. Yeah, like it's got some Ryu in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is, it, is it Ryu or Ryu? It's Ryu. We always said Ryu when I was a kid, but now everyone I know says Ryu, so I guess I was wrong. Th- that's because we got some... Um, that's because, like, the... Street Fighter uh, anime got released here, and you could get it in Japanese, and everyone was like, oh. Well, uh, now I feel guileless. God damn it. (laughs) Fill in the blanka. Why did I even say that? It made no sense. No, no, it didn't. I was pretty shocked you went there. Tiger uppercut. Let's go. (laughs) So, uh, his friend, uh, Teddy, Teddy Lupus, um... Finds finds Matt in his car, and he's like, "Matt, you're dead as hell." And it's like, <laughs> actually, no. Um, I'm still alive, just really bloopy. Yep, just so bloopy. Um, and that's we do get the full on profile yeah. of Playface. We get to see him, right? And in, in the off chance you haven't seen it and you're listening to us, 
the character design for Clayface, and it's one of the designs that changed very little between like, uh, they aren't really clean seasons, so I'll just say parts one and two of Batman the Animated Series. Like the new Batman adventures where they got, um, got the redesigns for a lot of characters. Clayface is one of the designs that changed the least because it's so good. He's just this giant, goopy, um, brown Play-Doh man. Uh, and I think what really sells the character design for me is teeth going at every which angle. That and the huge overbite. Yeah, yeah. It's um, under, right? Underbite, yes, yeah. underbite. He uh, he looks like, and like the, his proportions are like a uh, like sports mascot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like no neck, right? It's just that his shoulders kind of go up into his head, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, he looks like um, <laughs> like the uh, the Muppet Sweetums. He does. Yeah. He also looks like a gloopy brown grimace. We we're having a lot a lot of fun with this, especially. Um, well, it would be kind of good if uh, if Clayface more often had four arms, like Grimace used to have. Grimace had four arms? Yeah, that got cut out pretty early in the, the McDonald Land lore. That was pretty smart. Yep. <laughs> I, I know a regrettable amount about McDonald Land. The extra arms became Grimace Nuggets. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're welcome. Um, but that's actually not the end of the episode. No, it isn't. Because we get a cliffhanger. Yeah. So I actually want to call attention to something that we missed before, which mm. is... A big headline on the front of the Gotham Times that says, Bruce Wayne wanted by police for questioning. Yes. Because that's what you do instead of sending a cruiser over to to Wayne Wayne Manor. Manor. Yeah. Right? You put a big headline saying that the richest man in Gotham is wanted uh, and just give him time to to escape. Right. Which he doesn't do. Yeah. He just sits there and takes it because the police do come to pick him up at the end of the episode and they're arresting him for attacking Lucius Fox. Yeah. Which, you know, if it weren't for... if it were, Again, it's one of those things where if it weren't for, like, having a mm, questionable eyewitness testimony, I'm like, that's not how good police work works. Like, where's the motive here? Right. Um... You know who actually runs Wayne Enterprises? This guy. You know who you know who would try to kill him? The guy who who gets money from this guy, right? Like Wayne Enterprises falls apart and Bruce loses the trust fund. If it it's fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but nope. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I like and again, this is what we're picking apart instead of, you know, functionally magic cosmetics. Right? But that's the buy-in we've made. They're asking us to be like, but police, as you understand them, exist in this world. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's superhero comics. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, I think we have a body count. Yeah. I think it's that guy that Bruce dropped out of the bat plane. Uh, that's at least one, right? Either, even from, like, even for assuming, yes, a pool from that high up, your chances aren't good. Yeah. So... <clears throat> The uh, it could have he could have dropped him from a few feet up. He could have yep. swooped over the pool, but he dropped him from like a hundred feet. Yeah, and like we just see him plummeting down to the pool. And fun fact, sports fans, at that height, you would pre- you would prefer concrete. It's actually spongier than hitting the surface of the water like that. So that guy is hyper dead. Yeah, and again. That's assuming he doesn't drown because because he is unconscious when he hits the water and that wouldn't wake him up. Right. Bruce thinks it would. Th- this this ought to wake you up. Well, hopefully, otherwise you just killed this guy, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say um, also, and I know we've never really established the rules on this about like whether or not we're able to like just accept what happens in the show as being what happened, but like Lucius would have been dead. Like you don't you don't that many guns at that range. I'm not. Oh yeah. I'm not buying it. Well, right. If those people are actually trying to kill him, he would definitely die. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea why he. This guy decided to like sharpshoot the chains off a sign and hit him when he could have just shot him. Maybe maybe he was working like calibrating his iron sights. Right. He's like, okay, well, I know I know I have it good at ten yards, but those chains are at thirty yards. I want to double check this. What a, what a show off. Right. <laughs> Always, always check, always check your sights before you do the crime. 
So I forget, when the police pick Lucius up, he has the suitcase still, right? Or did they get the suitcase off of him? I think he still has the suitcase. So the DA then gets all the evidence that he was trying to give to Bruce. Yeah. So, and like that evidence super incriminates this guy who got named once and I forget. So I mean, that's as far as that plot really goes. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that guy is gonna is even gonna come up again in the next episode. I don't think so, because um, I like I haven't rewatched part two for this yet, but I did a rewatch of the series last year. I swear to God, listeners, I don't do it that often, um, and I don't I don't remember this storyline going anywhere. I think once the magic mud man shows up, everyone's like, "Cool, I'm out." Uh-huh. So, should we rank this, or should we wait till the end and rank them together? I think... I think it is safe. I feel like I can rank them together based on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Unless the next one is incredible. Right. And even if, like... I'd say this is a pretty solid, like... This is a B-minus of an episode, right? Like... For, like... For me, it's near the bottom of what we've seen so far, mm. right? It's above the ones that, like, really sucked. Yeah. Yeah, it's not It's not Batman in my basement. It's not Christmas with the Joker. Or Cat and Claw. Like, right. It's solidly above those, but it might be just above those. Yeah, it feels like, other than, uh, other than Two-Face, right, this is not... Like, they don't really know how to do a two-parter, mm-hmm. right? And I think... Two-Face, not just because of the poetry of it all, right? But they're invested in Harvey Dent as a character and Two-Face as a character. Right. Right? No one cares about Matt Hagen. Right. (laughs) Well, that's why I said, like, they should have spent more time with him and, like, showed him, like, as himself before... But whatever. Right. Either that or get to the clay face of it all sooner. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, cool. Let's uh, zip our way to our next segment, then. Yeah, so uh, I I was thinking about it, and um, I am 100% tied to the to Crappling Hook as as a segment title. Um, it's too good. Don't worry, I'll find a third one so that we have a nice like a nice group of three. Um, but you're right. Like as toyetic as this show is, uh, that's good bonus content to talk toys. Um, so I've decided I would like to talk about how a lot of Batman stuff doesn't make any sense. Doesn't work. Um, I can't think of a single Batman gadget that would work like it does in the show. Yeah, well, and I think with, uh, with, um, oh, uh, Crappling Hook, um, segment transition there. We'll probably have a sound or something. Yeah, it should always, it should always be a Clayface gloop. <laughs> Every transition for the rest of us. <laughs> um... Cool. I'm trying to like make sure. I'm trying not to click. No, getting the sibilances in. Um, we got plenty of time to mug because this was a short. Uh, yeah, but not a lot to talk about in the episode. <clears throat> so, I think there's plenty of Batman stuff where it's like, cool. If I'm willing to buy that Batman can be, I mean, even just the strongest and the fastest human being alive, right? If I'm willing to accept that, I can accept like, okay, this like winch system on his utility belt. We don't have anything in real life that works that well, mm-hmm. but it's plausible, right? Um, it's just that turned up to 11. But then there's some stuff where it's like, okay, like you're asking me to believe in this sort of urban commando, badass turbo ninja who, um, who f- fights, uses his bare hands to fight men with guns. Uh, sure, that's gritty as hell. Explain to me how um, he also doesn't just use his hands, really. He also uses batarangs, our namesake. Um, to talk a little bit about, like, there have been so many iterations of the batarang, right? Mm-hmm. There has been, like, a, a bat-shaped boomerang, right? Sometimes it comes back. Sometimes it doesn't. It never it would never work that well. You can put a rope on it. Um... Well, a real a real boomerang also sometimes comes back and sometimes doesn't. Sometimes if it hits its target, nope. it should not come back. Right. It also is a weapon to kill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to kill animals though. Yeah. But my point being is like 
the strongest man alive is throwing these around, just chucking them willy-nilly. Yeah, also batteries are sharp. Well, and that's that's what I really want to highlight, is Batman TAS, in an attempt to be a bit more grounded, just leans into the sharpness of them, uh, and really, mostly they aren't batarangs in the series, right? They're shuriken. Right, they're just a sharp bat-shaped thing that he throws. Right, um, in which case, unless his aim is tremendous every time, which, sure, it's Batman, He's superhuman, let's be real. Um, like, it's one of those things cartoons do where if if a battering hits someone in, like, a non-vital area, like their gun-holding hand, mm-hmm. um, it'll sink in there, mm-hmm. right? But if it hits them in somewhere that would fucking kill them, um, then it just bounces off, uh-huh. right? And again, even as a kid, you call shenanigans on this stuff, right? Uh, watching Wolverine and X-Men, Leonardo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? You're like, okay, like, I know, I kind of know how knives work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, this doesn't make sense. Right, and that's why you get the the robot enemies, especially in Turtles, but uh, in Batman we get an occasional robot for Mm -hmm. him to fuck up so that he can actually, you know, use his gear to its full effect. Right, and it... And it's one of those things where, like, well, then just don't, just do something else, right? Then just have the sillier battering. Because um, that's the thing is, again, at the speeds he's chucking those around, even the sort of 70s style, like, it's clearly a blunt edge, whatever, that's going to it's gonna hurt. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to... Well, the sharp ones, like, you're basically throwing a knife at someone. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, we've established that these things can cut through ropes and stuff. Right. I mean, that's what the the Ken in Shuri Ken is. It's just sort of the general term for, like, bladed object. Uh-huh. Um, knife or sword. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... But sometimes it does come back, right? Sometimes it does behave like a boomerang. Right. And it allows Batman to do tricks with it, like hit two enemies with the same one. And, and that brings me to... I think my my example of the most the single most egregious battering of all, um, the programmable one from Batman Returns. This one, although I saw Batman Returns in the last year or two, has completely left my memory. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, um, we're not going to get into Batman Returns right now. But what I want to highlight is. Uh, in a sort of weird way, you can feel like um, Warner Brothers sort of letting out the leash on Tim Burton a little bit. So there are parts of the movie that are wildly indulgent for his shit. Uh, but then also, the producers straight up told him, this movie needs to be toyetic. And ooh, you don't feel that anywhere more than the scene where um, Batman gets out of the Batmobile and he's surrounded by like sort of the themed thugs, mm-hmm. right? So there's like one of the sword swallowers, um, the the poodle lady, right? You know that famous circus act. Uh-huh. Um, you know a couple other goons, whatever. So Batman standing there pulls out this sort of uh, sonar batarang, and it sort of just bleep bloops. And on the screen, these you know little cute little meeple looking things show up, and then he just kind of throws it. And the camera follows the battering, in effect, that's pretty neat, and just kind of hits each of these people in the face until the poodle grabs it. And again, like, as soon as I started understanding, like, sort of how programming works or whatever, like, it wasn't even that old where I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense from (laughs) any sense from a physics sense either. Right. Because, like, this thing has no means of propulsion. Yes. It's just a boomerang that Batman threw. Right. Um, that they that everyone was polite enough to give him time to program by pressing two buttons over and over again mm-hmm. uh, before chucking. Um, that battering is then uh, used by the Penguin to murder the Snow Princess? Yeah. Um, and, oh my god... Once again, oh no, it just knocks her out. That's right. It's the fall that kills her. <laughs> you know, that old chestnut. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's the thing, right? Is like this this weapon is like the closest thing in the Bat universe to like the lightsaber in Star Wars, right? Like it is 
the emblematic weapon and ooh, it doesn't it doesn't work right it doesn't work when it's thrown it like it doesn't make any sense when like you'll have those times where batman will like put a few in his fist he uses like knucks or, or wolverine <laughs> it up a little bit which looks cool which looks cool but if you ever picked up like a toy battering and tried to puzzle that one out it doesn't it doesn't work yeah just gonna let you know that one that one's free <laughs> champs um right so in no capacity um does the batter the the balance would be all wrong and again I know, I know you're out there in podcast land saying it's a show about about a ninjaman ninjing it up against mud monsters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> it, it's the same thing with Superman, right? Is I've bought into the guy who can fly with heat vision, right? If you want to tell me he's working for a thriving newspaper, you're gonna have to put in a little more work on your fiction there. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, just like the police work earlier in this episode. Exactly. Right? Um, we can suspend our disbelief for all the super stuff because the premise is we're being showed, showed a world that is like ours, but with super people. Right. But it's not a world like ours. It's a world that makes no damn sense. Right. And, you know, that's the sort of thing where it's like lean into it hard, right? The, that's why a lot of the best episodes of, of TAS indulge in the Victorian horror, the Universal Monster movie, which this one is plugged very directly into, and we'll get more into next time when we talk more about Clayface. Um, and yeah, so just go go full bananas with the batterings, right? Electrify them, make them explosive, whatever. Um, the only other thing I want to um, to bring up here is I think my most disappointing real life battering interaction. I like that you have enough real life battering interactions that you have a most disappointing one. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, you didn't invite me onto this podcast for my good looks. So. <laughs> um, so as you all might recall, um, the Batman Arkham series of games is generally excellent. And the first one, like, they obviously knew they had something really special in their hands, and they came out with a collector's edition. And it was this, like, really cool box um, with a leather-bound um, in-universe book, right, where, like, one of the minor characters, like, kept a journal, and that's in there. And it was a... Um, and in it, there was a battering. And when it first got announced, when this like hundred twenty dollars set got announced, this was a <laughs> this was a fuck off metal battering uh-huh. um, on a stand. But if memory serves, you could take it off of that. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently, enough parents who were buying their children a one hundred twenty dollar video game, or however much it was, um, like hey, don't do that. <laughs> make it plastic um so so the company was like okay we'll make it plastic but for some reason on top of that they decided to also make it look battle damaged okay so you get this you get this you know much more toy looking thing right it's supposed to be a grown-ups collector's item Mm -hmm. excuse me Mm -hmm. um which does remind me, like, I've been... We're recording this not long after the, like, first proper trailer for the Batman came out. And, um... So, put a pin in that. So, you get this toy that looks like you just dropped it a bunch. Or that you kept it on the stand somehow and tried to use it as a batarang. <laughs> which, would I have done? Chances are even. I was... I was not as as wary as I am now, so maybe. But still, like, it just, it looks kind of like crap. So mine is, like, packed away in the much cooler box and sitting mm. on, on one of my shelves. So no one got the metal one? No, it just didn't happen. Well, that is disappointing. Yeah, and from then on, like, I think that just soured me on collector's editions of games forever at that point. Which is good, because they've only gotten more extravagant and ex- exorbitant. Um... Yeah, 120 bucks is a lot for a uh, piece of plastic. Yeah. Um, 
to loop back around to the why I mentioned the the Batman and toys reminded me. Like watching that trailer, I'm like, wait, who is this movie for? Like, um, it's like, ooh, this is a real gritty, gritty Batman, gritty. And I'm like, this is a character used to sell toys. What is going on here? And then I saw that they released a um or are releasing a five hundred dollar remote control Batmobile. Wow. And this Batmobile is like it's not that cool, right? It doesn't look like TAS's like sort of art deco rocket monster, right? It is not the Batman Forever pop art nightmare. Um <laughs> It's uh, it it's like the Nolan one. It's a little different than the Nolan one, but it's close to it. Yeah, it's like the Nolan one if it were just kind of a regular ass car. Yeah. The uh, I mean, the answer to your question of who the movie is for is, I think, people that liked the Nolan movies and didn't like the Ben Affleck Batman movies, but I think maybe they missed the mark. I like. I think. I feel like Christopher and I messaged you about this. Uh, mm. That I think Christopher Nolan has just messed up Batman movies for like the rest of time. I mean, at least for a couple decades, that's how Batman sixty six worked, right? Yeah. Um, now everything has to be like. Uh, it needs to be like believable and real. And Batman has like this kind of car, and it's all fiery and. It's just. It's. It's. Arrested Development. Like, this is stunted adolescence where you find the the adult who who wants to own a remote-controlled car um, and has $500 of disposable income. Right. And they're out there. But I find it hard to believe that you're going to sell one of them for every 10 $50 Batmobiles that you could have sold to a kid. But that's the thing is they don't have to choose, right? And it's, like, it feels like the sort of logical conclusion of when, like, when I was a kid, I had Terminator 2 action figures. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, an alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and those movies should... Not for children. Yeah, but I watched the hell out of them when I, mean, I was, like, yeah. seven. Like, yeah. those movies fucking rule, and I don't regret <laughs> seeing them at all. This is true. <laughs> I like I'm like waiting for the time to show Terminator Terminator 2 and like Alien and Aliens to my kids. They're like not quite old enough. They're 5 and 7 right now. But like I was like how old was I when I saw Terminator and Terminator 2? Probably like 9 or 10. So in for a little more context, I was your kid's age uh-huh. when I was watching watching those. Because my dad wanted to watch them, and ain't nothing was going to stop that. Yeah. Well, let's see. T2 came out in, what, 92? Yes. And I definitely watched it on home video. So probably that was 93 when that came out. Mm -hmm. So I would have been, yeah, about about 10. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like that's that's fine. Especially, I mean, that really was the target audience for that movie, I feel like. Well, it made an impression on me, I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> that's true. Every time I make a thumbs up, uh, Sam bursts into tears. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? Is like Batman, like so often, and I think nothing is better at showcasing that than maybe the Batarang, is like when you make, like, if you try to like cobble together like the serious and gritty and the fantastical, is when like it just doesn't gel, mm -hmm. right? Like, to my mind, a, like, perfectly, like, if you wanted to do, like, the grim, gritty, real-ass Batman, you would basically be doing, like, you would make Hannibal, but, like, with a, with a little bit more flair, right? Like, more fight scenes. That's pretty much what I imagine. Yeah. When, when, I, when I like to indulge my fantasies of getting to do a Batman thing, that's it. Or you just flip the switch and go, like, just... <laughs> balls to the wall bananas yeah well it's like you have a batman movie and is it going to follow superhero rules or, mm -hmm. is, or is it going to follow action movie rules right which are just variations on on a theme but like you can have 
people do impossible things by following action movie rules, mm-hmm. just like you can do it by having them follow superhero rules. And, I, and that's the thing, is so many superhero movies are just action movies with spandex, which isn't necessarily a problem, but, like, I don't, I don't love how many, like, writers think of superhero as a genre. Mm-hmm. I get that it has its own set of, like, conventions, but I don't think that's good enough, right? Like, genre is about structure as much as anything, Yeah. right? Um, so that, that's the thing is like part of what makes a Western a Western is that the hero rolls into town, Mm -hmm. right? If like, if, you know, um, this hero, if what Flash just like lives in Keystone City, right? He doesn't roll into town, right? Right. He's a citizen there. He's, he's part of the community. Right. Um, so you can't structure it the same way. Um, so I think that's part of the thing, like action movie rules, Something like you know, your your dies hard, um, or we'll go with like Raiders actiony adventure, mm-hmm. right? Like what makes both of those work is they are to an extent an ordinary man in an extraordinary situation, right? Right. Obviously, that's not Green Lantern. <laughs> no. Right. Even like, I mean, even if he's like, part of the thing is he got the ring because he's not ordinary, right? Um, even before he has the ring, like, Hal Jordan's a badass test pilot, right? Which only so many people can be. Right. Um, so I think that's the thing, right? Is no one can really figure out, like, what it works because they think superhero is the genre instead of, like, a superhero being a job that some other genre characters have, right? Like, super scientist is what, like, Mr. Fantastic is. And that's why, like, as much as I don't care for Fantastic Four stories generally, that's why they worked so well, right? Is they just told these fantastical sci-fi adventure stories and gave the main characters superpowers. Right. It's like how in the current MCU you have, like, the Doctor Strange is in a different genre than Iron Man, yeah right but they're all still super movies and like um recently we had like our kung fu edition right right? Um, which in my opinion could have been more kung fu-y than it was but it was definitely a kung fu movie it it was you know speaking across the mcu it it is better than uh iron fist season one and um not a lot of mcu stuff was as good as iron fist season two which is weird to me still but of course that's when it got canceled so well, we are off topic to the point where I think yeah. it's probably time to wrap it up. But tune in next time when we will review Feet of Clay Part 2 and do that deep dive into Clayface's five incarnations. At least. Yeah, we'll just... And by dive, you mean we'll really roll around in that mud bath. Yeah. Just like Batman getting uh, absorbed into him and having to bust his way out. <laughs> That'll be us next time, absorbed in this mediocre Batman the Animated oh, Series Oh, I got in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see you, hopefully, uh, if you could endure this. Uh, next, uh, next week, same battering time, same battering channel. Frankie